So one day I was reading the Sabbath school lesson. You know, sometimes I read the Sabbath school lesson too. Um, I, I love Sabbath school lesson discussions, you know. I mean, to me that is very beautiful because we learn so much in those discussions. Uh, different ideas, different concepts. Uh, it's so rich. Not only what the Sabbath school lesson says, which is already very rich in the comments of Ellen G. White, but whatever, you know, everybody else comments about it. It's super beautiful. I was reading the Sabbath school and I found this quotation from the writer of the Sabbath school. So this is not per se inspired. It doesn't come from the writings of Ellen G. White. But I thought that it was very interesting what he, what he said there. Um, and and uh, it, that little light in there is kind of a, in his mercy, says in there, God has always had people with whom he has maintained a special relationship. You know, the Bible is all about relationships. But he had chosen certain people in the Bible so he can show us how he relates to our lives and circumstances in a special way. So each one of us is represented in the lives of these people. And who are these people? Well, some of the people that he had that special relationship uh, were like uh, Enoch and Noah and Abraham, Isaac and Jacob, and it says, among others, we see God yearning to rebuild the broken relationship with human beings. You know the word religion? You know what the word religion means? It's to reunite. It's the re- from the beginning, from Adam and Eve, after they sinned, God wanted to, to reunite that relationship again. And he came looking for them. To, to, to build that relationship again. And that's, that's what he does. And, and, and one of the songs that you guys were singing talked about that. You know, he's seeking for us. He's after us. What a beautiful message. You know, you're not alone. Not only you're not alone, God is looking for you. He is searching for you. He is there in your life. And it was in the life of these people. And when you read about these people, you learn a lot about what God does in, in our own lives. But this was not just for the benefit of these few individuals, this relationship, and their families. When they were connected with God and blessed by Him. And many of the things that you mentioned on the singing was about the blessings of God. And we are here this morning representing the blessings of God. Each one of us, like I said, you know, that's why I started with my own <laughs> blessings when I came to this town. Okay? You have to recognize how God is working in your life. Amen. And what are the things that God is doing and what are the things that God is not doing? Because there is, there's even a reason why God is not doing what you think he should be doing. He's doing it in a different way. To bless you in many ways. That's why it's important to have that kind of relationship. So we can understand God and how God works. When they were connected with God and blessed by him. It was part of a larger plan to repair that relationship. And share the blessings 
with others. My brothers and sisters, we have been called to share the blessings of God. And when you share the blessings, you understand more about who God is. And you start to love God even more. We live in a society that talks about me all the time. It's all about me. Everything is for me. And let me tell you, when you're God-centered, it has nothing to do about you. Everything is about God. Everything is about God. Your children, your work, your health, whatever you call yours, is about God. And he, Abraham, was blessed. As he, Abraham, was blessed, he could be what? Amen. To others. That's why the, the, the life of Abraham is so, is so important. And uh, when we go, and that's why I put the title, uh, Blessed to be a Blessing. When you go to Genesis chapter 12, verse 1, and you read what the Lord was trying to do in the life of Abraham, it was very, very interesting. The Lord has said to Abraham... At that time, he wasn't Abraham yet. He was Abraham. Leave what? Leave your country. <laughs> what else? I, I, I added the word leave on the rest of the verse. Leave your people. And then leave what? Your father's household and go to the land I will show you. Most of the time we entertain ourselves talking about, oh, he went by faith to the land God was showing him. But I want to spend some time talking about this here. When you live in a country that is very, or in a city that is very comfortable to you, to you, and you have your work and you're making good money and everything looks great. And the Lord comes into your life and says, this is not the purpose for your life that I plan to. I have something else. And you know what? I'm going to tell you that when you are 75 years old. Because when Abraham left, he was 75 years old. What are you thinking when you're 75 years old? You don't want to go anywhere, Right? You want to retire, you want to enjoy your last years of life. Lord, what do we say? I already serve you for many years. And I'm sure he had served the Lord in Ur of the Chaldeans. But now, <laughs> the Lord was saying, no, 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 no. Your serving starts now. 75 years old. Wow. Wow. Leave your country. Is that easy? Some of you have never left your country, so you don't know what it is. Not even, not even to, to take a vacation, you have left your country. But for those who, like me, have left their country, have left your people, and have left your family, that changes the perspective of life completely. And some of you have gone through that. Leaving your country, the things that you enjoy, the people you knew. You know, in, in Uruguay, we call it, uh, the, the neighborhoods, we call it barrios. And at the time that I was a child, I knew almost all my neighbors. You come to the States, 
And if you barely know your neighbor to the, to the right, maybe you know to the left one and the, front, the one in front of you, knowing, I mean, you know what they look like, you don't know their names. But over there, you knew everything about them because you stayed in that neighborhood forever. You never moved. So I'm sure that that was the situation with, with him also. And you know what was even, even worse? You never leave your parents or your family, especially your parents. Why? They had a lot of children, remember? Every family was a big family. You know why? Because your children was your social security. When you got old, the only thing you had was your family and your children to take care of you and to provide for you until you die. Now we have a bunch of gadgets that are very good. But at that time, you will never leave your family, especially your parents. You'll never leave it. That's why when you see this story of, of the prodigal son, it's a no-no. You cannot ask for your inheritance when you're young. You never do that. Because the life of your parents can depend on that. So you were saying, saying, "Ah, go ahead and die. Ah, Who cares? I'm going to do whatever I want to do. Hmm. So, but but, but the Lord was asking him to leave. You know, I I remember when I was 17. When I was 17, I left Uruguay because I wanted to become a pastor. So I had two choices because in Uruguay is a very atheist country with three and a half million people for the past 50 years, almost since I was born. We don't grow much. Even the church doesn't grow. We have from 5,000 to 8,000 members in Uruguay. It's one of the atheists, most atheists, if not, of all the countries in America, including the United States, that is becoming kind of atheist. The Uruguayans don't call themselves atheists. You know how they call themselves? Agnostics. What is the difference between an agnostic and an atheist? An atheist says God doesn't exist. The agnostic says God exists, but he's over there and I'm over here. I'm a good person. God is okay. Thank you, thank you, Lord. Don't interfere in my life. I know what I need to do, but God exists. That's the difference. So I, I was raised in a country like that. And, uh, but I decided I'm going to break the mold. I want to be a pastor. I want to talk about the real God and the experiences you can have with that real God. I mean, you're not good enough as, as a man as it is, when you, especially when you compare yourself to Christ. So I had two choices. Um, either I go to Brazil But there was a problem with the Brazilians. They spoke Portuguese. So I didn't want to learn Portuguese. I never learned languages. I never liked languages. Not even the Spanish grammar. I liked it. I hated. <laughs> I still kind of do. So um, Uruguay is that little country there. It's a very little country. Brazil is all this country here, goes up all the way up to here and comes over here. Brazil is as, almost as big as the United States. 240 million people. 
That's a lot of people. Uruguay, three and a half million. Argentina, close to 50 million. Chile, ah, this is Chile over there. All right, that's why I couldn't recognize the, their accent because we're kind of neighbors. Some people confuse it with Paraguay, which is here, but you know, we're here. Interesting uh, that, um, um, so, so I said, you know, 17 years old, should I go to Brazil? They speak Portuguese, ah, I don't want to learn any languages, so I'm going to go to Argentina to study theology and music. Yes. So I went to Argentina. Before, let me tell you something. Before I went to Argentina, I was in, uh, in, in our own and only institutions that we have in Uruguay is a, is a high school, is a boarding high school. There, there are more than one high school, but this is a boarding high school. We were 250 students, and uh, when, 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 you know, when you're young and, and you can sing in front of people and, and, you're, and you're skinny, I was skinny, uh, and you have hair and, and you look kind of good, I didn't look that bad. I, I wouldn't say I was cute, but, you know, I'll show you a picture. I'll show you a picture, and you make that decision. Um, <clears throat> so, so I became very popular. And when you are popular, your ego goes up. And you think you know everything, and that uh, the Lord has to do the things that you want him to do for you. So 17, hey, take me whatever you want to. You know, when you're 17, you don't care about anything. I mean, you just go, Whatever. So I went to Argentina. When I got to Argentina, my goodness. I thought that Argentina were similar to us, but they were similar. Uh, but their ego was even higher. You know, I was another little Uruguayan that was coming to Argentina, to our university, which had about 1,500 students, from 250 students to 1,500 students. You're another, another number in there, you know. But uh, the Lord provided, I wanted to go back to Uruguay after three months, and I said, nah, what am I going to do there? I'm not going to learn anything. I'm, I won't be able to be a pastor or study music, so I have to get involved here. The Lord brought me here. So I started to participate in music, and, uh, you know, I was, because I was skinny, I had hair, I was kind of good-looking, at least when I look into the mirror, I thought that. Um, and, and I was kind of popular. After a while, I became popular again, you know. So that was very important for my ego. Very important. So um, these this are the institutions that I went to. This, this is the, the entrance for Uruguayan uh, high school there. When, when I was there, there was this little thing here. That was the entrance. This little... Uh, uh, construction there, but now they, they did it beautiful and they remodeled everything. It's very nice. So I went to this other institution in Argentina. You know what this means here? This is a C, which means college. This is an A, which means what? Adventist. And this is a P right here, which means plata of... And in, in, uh, between Argentina and Uruguay, there's a huge river. It's a river you cannot see the other side. Uh, it's called a estuary because it's so big. And it's called Rio de la Plata, river of silver. Plata means silver. So I was in this college. 
Adventist College of Silver, per se. That's, that's what the name. Now it's University, Adventist University of Silver. The silver is still there. My two sons study medicine in there. One of them got married to a Brazilian girl. And <laughs> she also studied medicine. Uh, all, of three, all of them are in Fresno, California, doing their residency, their um, um, internal medicine residency. God is good. He provided. Not only for our studies. You know, when, when I came to Argentina, I was so poor that I had to work one year. When you work in our universities or campuses, they, won't, they, they never pay you money. They gave you hours. So if you wanted to study next year, you had to do 3,000 hours of work. Okay? And that... that uh, so... Every year I studied theology, uh, I, I, I went, started theology, no more money, one year of work, then I did, did co-porting, and then I had to work part-time while I was studying, and then the next year, again, work, and then the next year, I could study my second year. So when I started with the first group of theologians, I was in the second and they were finishing. But the Lord is good because you mature throughout those years and you learn things that are different than everybody else. You know, um, I remember, so, so four years of theology plus three years of music, seven years plus two, 14 years. At the end, I will have grand, grandchildren probably at the end, you know. And they'll say, Grandpa, you keep studying. When are you going to finish? So, um, 14 years. So, 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 I was there working and studying. I had no money. You know what I had to do to buy soap, shampoo, uh, dental, you know, the, the toothpaste and, and that kind of stuff? I had to go to the hospital next door, which is a Seventh-day Adventist hospital, and sell my blood It wasn't, it wasn't a donation. Well, maybe, maybe it was called donation, but they pay you for that donation. So I don't know how you understand that. So they pay me for that. And because my last name translated is Kings, they pay me even more. You know why? Because my blood, my blood is blue. It's not like yours. You never heard of that? The king's blood is blue? Blue blood? No, it's just red, common red blood like everybody else. But I was paid, and with that money, I, I stopped borrowing shampoo and soap and everything else from my friends, and I used to buy that. One thing I couldn't buy was, was um, um, shampoo and conditioner. Conditioner was too expensive. So you couldn't buy conditioner. So you smell kind of good, but not that good. And some, some of the hairs were like going like, no conditioner to go down. So, um, but, but, but the Lord was good. 
Um, I used to sing in the choir. With the choir, we used to go around the countries. That's why in kind of Chile and uh, Uruguay, Brazil, Paraguay, we used to go and sing because we were promoting the college, which is a university now. One day, 1980, they said, we are going to United States from a little Uruguayan coming from a very poor family saying, I'm going to go to United States. That was the thing of my life. I was like 19 years old. Wow. There was one little problem. That to come to United States, you needed to pay for the trip. And the trip was about $800. $800 was the equivalent to half of year of tuition. And I was that year working. No money, remember? So how many uh, pints of blood I needed to take to pay for my trip? Many pints of blood. Of the 24 that we were in the choir, I was the only one who couldn't come to the United States. The rest, some of them had people who they borrow money. But they knew me, and they knew that I wasn't working and never had any money. So who's going to lend me money? Nobody. So the, the worst thing was that I, I had to find the person who would take my place. So that was even harder. This guy never sang in the choir. I've been singing for years, and he's going to go to the United States because he has the money to, to pay the trip, and I cannot. Where is God here? You know what happened that year? At the end of the year, the Argentinian currency lost their value to the dollar for thousands. You, you, we, we, um, we are complaining about what? 3%? Uh, uh, 5% of, of uh, inflation? <laughs> Talk about 1,000% inflation. So when you went in the morning to buy something, in the afternoon, the same item had a different price. <laughs> Live in a place like that. Good luck. A lot of people took their lives because they owe a lot of money in dollars and they knew they would never be able to pay, to pay for that back. So I realized, Lord, you saved me. Because if that would have been my case, I would never have been able to finish my theology and my music. Wow. See, sometimes you don't understand what God is doing. But when you have a relationship with him, you let him do whatever he wants to do. Because it's not about the circumstance. We live by, from circumstance to circumstance. It's not about the circumstance. It's about the person. Hmm? So that's why... When we get to know God, we let God do whatever he wants, even if we do not understand everything. Wow. So I kept studying and working until my wife today, Marcella, had the privilege to meet me. <laughs> hey, remember, I was skinny. I was good looking. I sang all over the place, and, uh, and I have hair. So if you don't believe me, let me show you something here. Look at it. These pictures are from 1978. This is me. 
Look at all the hair that I had. Mustache, even, even the, side, the side beard there. Then I left my beard for years after that. But, but uh, tell me. Oh, okay, let me, let me show you the next, the next picture. And this is me here. Was I skinny? Yes. Have I had uh, a lot of hair? Yes. This is the question that I don't know why you're going to say. Was I good looking? <laughs> okay, you don't have to say anything. I forgive you. Um, so, so that was a group, by the way, this coming weekend, I'm going to be in Argentina. The university is celebrating 125 years. And we, this group here, are going to be doing the worship service. I mean, we're going to be singing throughout the whole sermon. So we're going to do, not, not the worship service like you do here, but the whole, the whole sermon. Um, 45 years after, oh my goodness, we look older. Yeah. So probably they're going to show that picture and leave it in there so our egos can go a little bit higher, back in, in, in their place. But, but, you know, the Lord is so good. We came here. And thanks to my wife, I came here because one day she, she said, uh, we, we weren't married there. And she said, uh, you know what? I had it with this Argentinian. I'm going back to United States. Oh, and I'm going back in December, which was like two months prior to what she, when she told me. Okay. <laughs> and then you have two choices. You can come with me or you stay with your Uruguayan friends here. So, you know, men, we are so obedient that immediately I said, yes, my dear, Wh whatever you say. So can you imagine, I never thought that I was going to be living in the United States at all. But the Lord put someone in my life that said, if you go and study over there, <laughs> there's a little problem with the study part. Well, two problems. Where is the money going to come from? And where is the language? How is the water going to get in the coconut? <laughs> oh, boy. No English at all. Zero. Zero English. No interest in English at all. Zero interest in learning the language. But when the Lord calls you to do something, he will provide so he provided her, and I remember me writing these papers, 15, 20 pages, in Spanish, and she translating everything so I could pass the class into English. <laughs> because I could barely understand what the teachers were saying after like two years that I studied English and I got involved and I started working with people who only spoke English. So I was coming back home and said, this, does this go with this? And this is an uh, understanding, uh, can you understand this phrase? You know, so I was you know, going little by little and studying English and blah, 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 because I wanted to finish. You know, when the Lord, when the Lord provides, he is good, abundantly good. I finished, and we both finished because she studied nursing. She's a nurse. She studied nursing with me full-time. We were working part-time, studying full-time, we finished before the 14 years that I was supposed to finish in Argentina. We finished in about 10, 10, 11 years. I finished in about 10, 11 years. And you know what? At the end, we owe zero money. 
Zero money. <laughs> so the Lord is good. You know, I had uh, the, the hardest class in theology, pastor, to us was Greek. Can you imagine you trying to learn Greek when you don't know English? <laughs> and you don't like Spanish? You had the opposite? Well, at least you had the Portuguese as a base. When the teacher started to explain Greek in English, I couldn't understand the teacher or the Greek or nothing. <laughs> so I had to drop that class. That was the only class that I dropped, but I had to drop it. And then I took it like two years after with a lady who was so merciful <laughs> that she pushed me through the class of Greek, and I passed. And, well, maybe she passed me. But... Uh, Man, even, even that, even that, the Lord provided. The Lord can provide for everything. When you have that kind of relationship, even though you're not perfect at all, the Lord is a blessing to your life. And when you understand that and you share that with others, you become a blessing to others. Like it happened here in the, in the verse that says, I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make you, everything is, is about God, you see? I, God, will make you into a great nation. Was Israel a great nation? Uh, no answers. Sometimes. When they obey God, it was a great nation. When they disobey God, it was a very poor nation. Um, I will bless you. Yes, he was blessed. He was. When, when we think about blessings, what do we think about? Money, wealth, yes. And he was wealthy, but he had, he had other things inside that were much more important than wealth. And it was faith, trust in God. He had a relationship with God. So when God came in the middle of his 75 years old and said, oh, now he's going to start your life. He said, oh, and, and you have to leave your country and your people and your parents. Because I have a relationship with God, I know what he's asking me is not a crazy thing. He will provide. I will bless you. I will make you, I will make your name great. Jewish, Christians, and um, Muslims believe in his name, Abraham, as a very, very important figure. Very important. Even up to today's day. Why all this? Why I took it from your family? Why I make you into a great nation and I, will, and I blessed you and, and, and your name is great? And you will be a blessing. Amen. You have been called at this time on earth Difficult times. Then it's getting more difficult to be a blessing. That's the whole purpose of your life. Beautiful purpose of your life. Be a blessing to others. Makes your life rich. You are blessed. I will bless those who bless you. And whoever curses you, I will curse. And all Peoples on earth will be blessed through you. Amen.
to that because Jesus Christ came through his descendants. And that is our greatest blessing ever, forever. We'll be reminded every single day if we do not remember this day. If we go to heaven and to the new earth, we'll be reminded, reminded of the blessings of Christ. He is our great blessing. So my call today is have a relationship with God. Let him guide your life. He wants you to be a blessing. Let him use you as a blessing. And part of what we do in our department is giving you the opportunity to be a blessing now and leaving a legacy for the future. Let God do that. Even if you do not understand everything, God does knows and he understands and he will guide you. And in a certain moment in your life, he will show you why. He will show you why. So I, I want to finish singing because I talked about being in the choir and singing and blah, blah, blah. So I have to, I have to keep praising God uh, with, with what he let me you know, learn. So this is important for me and, and it's important to recognize that God has provided for us. And someone told me that I use a red mic because a red mic can sing by its own. So uh, I'm blessed even with this mic uh, that, that will sing him uh, by its own. The song that I, that, that I want to sing is Until Then and uh, uh, it, it brings us uh, the, the, the um, approach of thinking this is not the life now, it will be the life that God is giving me in the future, but I have to praise God for what I'm doing right now and for what uh, he's showing me about his love right now. My heart can see when I pass to remember a heart is but a stepping song along the trail that's winding always upward. This troubled world is not my final home. So until then, my heart will go on singing. Until then, with joy I'll carry on until the day my eyes behold that city until the day God calls us home. 
It's like a waiting falcon Where is release Is destined for the sky So until then Our hearts may go on singing Until Lord, we thank you for your mercies. We thank you for always thinking about us. We thank you for loving us. We thank you for saving us. We thank you for keeping us close to you. Lord, keep us very close to you so we may be a blessing to others as you are a blessing to us. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.